Welcome to the RMM TV podcast. I'm Rennie McLean. We speak and we teach on the supernatural, how you, as an ordinary person, can do extraordinary things. Hi, I'm Dr. Marina McLean. The supernatural is meant to be lived naturally, and we do that through the teachings and instructions that you find right here on the RMM TV podcast. So, sign up today on the RMM TV podcast. Sila, there's a momentum taking place in the spirit realm that's to your benefit. Everything you've gone through up until now is for what God is about to do in your life. It's under one word, momentum. This year in Dallas, Texas, September the 20th to the 30th, our Infinity Conference this year is called Momentum. It's a time of manifestation. It's a time of breakthrough. It's a time of change. It's your divine appointment, and it's during the feast time. For the first time, we're able to do this at this set time. Momentum. September the 28th to the 30th in Dallas, Texas. Be there. Register now. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. As you come on right now, I want you to lift your hands and give him glory. The Bible says, I will enter in his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter in his courts with praise. And I'm seeing some of you right now. There's a few of you starting to come in the courts because we're all still gathering. So I want you to be right now in a spirit of expectation. And I want you to lift your hands in thanksgiving. And I want you to begin to praise the name of the Lord. And in fact, while you're praising the name of the Lord, I want you to text everybody you know, tell them to come on because there's going to be a powerful word today. Today, I'm going to be speaking to you on prayer in a whole different place. It's going to change your life. It's going to shift your life into a whole different mode of how to pray. This is birthed out of the prayer momentum that we've been doing because we know that September the 28th to the 30th is a time of destiny. It's where you come into destiny. And so many things are about to explode. And so, if, by the way, if you're not registered for the Momentum Encounter, you need to register now. So while we're praising the Lord right now, I want you quickly to tell everybody you know that there's going to be a powerful word from God. And you need to hear this word from God. So while you're texting people who you know need to hear this, I'm going to have our folk go to a break so you can tell your folk you need to know to get on this to get on our platform tonight because your life is going to have an encounter with the living God through prayer so guys while everybody's coming to church please run the commercials what dismantles ¿Qué es lo que desmorona? deception El engaño is truth es la verdad. that's why people in deception cannot take plain speaking people 
Por esto es que las personas que están engañadas no toleran a la gente que puede hablarle claro, le buscan siempre un problema a esa persona. Y ese problema que usted tiene con esa persona es que esa persona ve cómo usted es en verdad y no La idea de que ellos son capaces de verlo usted como usted es en verdad. Y no importa que tan grande o que tan pequeño sea, vamos a ser precisos. Estamos a punto de reventar el reino del diablo. Para traer orden. Do what you can do when Jesus tells you to do it, and a miracle will happen in your family. Wait. Do what Jesus tells you to do, and the impossible becomes possible. And he gave me the scripture in Hebrews that says, I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the great thing about that is, we're in the best of times. We're in the era of the mouth. God used his mouth to create the world and the universe. And every one of our prayers, every one of our dreams, everything was created at the Genesis. I'm really excited about this word that I'm bringing to you tonight. I believe it's going to really change your life and it's going to shape your prayer life in a way that you didn't think it could be shaped. So we're going to read a lot of scriptures tonight, but there's going to be a lot of definition and a lot of revelation regarding this realm. First of all, let me open with this statement. There is a physical universe and there is an unseen universe a spirit universe and the revelation behind what is seen and unseen is simply this Jesus Christ is Lord of both seen and unseen he reigns and he rules I want to read you this, these scriptures that back that statement up. Because if the word doesn't say it, you can't put your faith on it. So I want to show you what qualifies Jesus to be the head of both worlds and how it affects us when we pray. I want you to look at this scripture. It's in Colossians 1, verse 15 to 17. And it's from the King James Version of the Bible. Listen to what it says. It says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. 
all things were created by him and for him. And he is, be my God, and he is before all things. And by him all things consist. That's a powerful scripture that proves that Jesus is head of these two universes. Let me read you another scripture. Ephesians 1, verse 19 to 21, also from the King James Version of the Bible. It says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places my God far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. Let me read you another scripture. Colossians chapter 2. Now, this one I'm reading to you from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphant procession, having Trump triumphed over them through the cross. I want to read this to you again. Because we do not have an accurate perception or understanding of the spiritual dimension. We understand the free realms. We understand them. There's the third heaven, which is the dwelling place of God. There's the second heaven, which is believed to be Satan's dwelling place. These things are very, very, very important for us to understand because we read it, but we don't look at it in its context. Hear what it says. How do we see the second heaven? How do we see the second realm? And ultimately, how do we see Satan? How do we see principalities? How do we see powers? How do we see rulers of darkness, which we are told we war against? How are we told to see them? How powerful are they? What did Jesus' death and resurrection really accomplished. What did it do? I'm going to read it to you again. Listen to it because it's very powerful. 
Colossians 2, 15 again. When he had disarmed, did you hear it? Disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphant procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. Now, this is what the Bible says. It tells us that had the princes of this world known what Jesus' death would accomplish, it said they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So through the cross, God put into motion his plan to forever defeat Satan and neutralize Satan's power. Now, this is a truth that the church has not yet come to. But before I get into that, I have to go back to this statement. Jesus Christ is head and is Lord over the seen universe, the physical universe, and the unseen universe. That's very important. Let that stay, let that stay in your spirit. Let it resonate. This is a major truth the church has not come to yet. That through the blood of Christ, these powers that we wrestle against, through the blood of Jesus, that's why there is so much power in the blood. It eternally speaks. It cannot stop speaking. Because through the blood of Christ, these powers have been neutralized. Oh my God of mercy. I'm going to say it to you again. These forces have been neutralized. In other words, they've been brought to naught. Now people today speak about Satan as if he's some big, powerful, mighty thing. But what we've just read right here says something completely different. It says that Jesus disarmed. Disarmed. So in other words, if Satan is disarmed, that means he is a handicapped. He's handicapped. He is disabled. His power has been neutralized. The only power he has is that which we give him. That's why the term Jesus is Lord. You know, people stand up and say, well, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. And it sounds real good and it's a powerful statement. But if I really ask you, what does that really mean? You'd have to stop to really think about me, think about it, to really answer that question. What does the term Jesus is Lord mean? What does it really imply? Let me explain it to you. The term Jesus is Lord it's a territorial statement. So when we say Jesus is, so when you say now in your house, Jesus is Lord, 
It means he lives, he reigns, and he rules. And it means he, my God, it means he lives and reigns and rules. And here this now, nobody can reign or rule in a place that they've not subdued nor conquered. So when you say right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare, I declare right now to my finances, Jesus is Lord. You know what that means? Poverty cannot win. It has to subside. When you say Jesus is Lord to your body, it means the stripes of Jesus are still in effect and they're still in force and every sickness and disease ends and stops and is finished because it is defeated. That's how powerful that term Jesus is. If you don't say anything else when you go somewhere and you're going through a situation, if you want to take authority over an atmosphere, just simply say, Jesus is Lord. You know what that means? Whatever spirit is in that place stops right there and has to retreat. You say, why? Because they're not welcomed where Jesus reigns and rules. I want you to lift your hands with me right now. And I want you to say it after me right now. Jesus is Lord. Say it again. Jesus is Lord. Say it till it's really a revelation to you. Jesus is Lord. Whatever was happening in any realm of your life that you just named just subsided. You say why? Because Jesus reigns and rules. In the seen universe and in the unseen universe. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. These powers that were warring against us have been neutralized. So that's why, let me back up and say, so that's why the term Jesus is Lord, it's a territorial, it's a territorial statement based on his obedience, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension, because all of them stand and testify to this day. So watch this now. Because Jesus is Lord, both of the physical universe and the spiritual universe, listen to this now. That's why there is a physical dimension to our prayer life. Nobody can pray or have answers to prayer without a revelation that there is a physical dimension to prayer. Write these truths down, please. The spiritual and the natural, they interact. They work through each other. They confirm and affirm each other. Now listen to this now. <clears throat> Either instantly or over a period of time. You say, well, Apostle Ronnie, what does that mean? Not everything, my mama Sheikh Abosai, not everything in the spirit dimension has come into our dimension yet. You say, why? Because our dimension is still growing. 
it is still being revealed. That dimension, the spirit dimension, predates the one we live in. So that's why there are things that, we, that have happened and we see them now. And there are some things that are yet to come. Now, the reason why there are some things yet to come into this dimension, it lets you know that this dimension is not fulfilled. You say, why? Because it's not complete yet. So that's why there are things that happen instantly, and there are times when things take time. You say, why? Because it is still unfolding. So I'm going to say it to you again. The physical dimension of prayer. There's a physical dimension to prayer. And both worlds and realms, they interact. They confirm and affirm each other over a period of time. The supernatural, now here's now, the supernatural supersedes natural laws. Now hear it again. The supernatural supersedes, you're going to hear this again now, the supernatural supersedes natural laws. In other words, both universes have different laws. Some of these laws are hostile to each other because they don't agree. That's where the conflict is, is that because we are in the earth, we have placed more reverence on natural laws than we do spiritual laws. And if you notice, there are, some net, there are some things we face in the earth that the answer is not based on us doing something natural. You say it, why? Because the natural is one thing, natural. And when you need something supernatural, you're going to have to find a higher law. You're going to have to go to a different place. And, and you have to go back to the place of originality. Only the place of originality can change what we see. If not, you're going to conform to natural laws. And you cannot live a supernatural life if you have conformed to natural laws. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but, but be what? Transformed. By what? The renewing of the mind. See, when you're born to the earth, you're conformed to the earth. When you're born again you're renewed back to the original world you came from. So now you see the world you're in from the place you came from. So you see it from a completely different perspective. Now hear what the scripture says now. Let me show you how these, how these worlds collide and how they have the physical, a physical dimension to it. Let me show you what happens when we pray, for example. Listen to this now. Because people, because I want you to really see this. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Praise the name of the Lord. I, I hope you're receiving something from this. Acts chapter 4, verse 29 to 31. Listen to what it says. The, let me just set, set this up for you. The apostles were being persecuted for miracles that the Lord had used them to perform. And, and um, they had to now pray because the persecution really started to grow. And so they prayed this prayer. And I want you to listen to the effects of what happened. It's in Acts 4, 
verse 29 to 31. And this is from the King James Version of the Bible. Listen to what it says now. It says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And hear this. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Hear it again. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now, what does the Bible say happened? It said the place shook. Now, people, I want you to imagine if you've been in an earthquake, and, and I haven't been in an earthquake, so I can't really relate to it, but I'm giving you one as an example. If you're in an earthquake, because we know what an earthquake is, we know what happens in an earthquake. I want you to imagine now that your prayer life, now, in, in fact, let me back up. If I remember rightly, don't quote me on this, if I remember rightly, an earthquake happens when a plate in the earth shifts. So there's a shift then in the earth. So I want you to imagine right now, they pray, and look at this prayer. This prayer apparently was not long. Mm. It don't take God long to do what he needs to do if he has to do it, and you're in the will of God and you're speaking it. The Bible says, and they prayed, and the place where they prayed, it shook. What would an unbeliever say? What does the modernist believer say to that now? Who's trying to talk about God as if he's in the past and he's not in the present. How do you explain that? The building shook. Now hear this now. It shook by supernatural means because before they prayed, the building stood still. It stood firm. So we see the physical dimension of prayer. It will disturb natural things. When you pray, you must expect to shift something. You must expect to disturb something in the spirit dimension every time you pray because it's a physical reality. And both worlds, both worlds know the name Jesus. So apparently the building moved according to the power of the name. Then look at this now. Another, for instance now. Acts chapter 12, also from the King James Version. Acts chapter 12, verse 5, 7, and 10. Hear this now. This is the story now of another situation in persecution. Oh, Hallelujah. That's where Peter was put in prison. Now, listen to what the scripture says now concerning it now. Acts 12, verse 5, 7 to 10. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But hear this now. But prayer was made 
without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Hear me clearly. I want you to write this down. One of the most powerful things that we have is when the church of Jesus Christ comes together and knows how to pray. It can shift anything. It can, I've seen it. It can shift anything. Anything that is opposed to the gospel. Anything that is opposed to you doing the will of God, God will oppose what opposes you. Listen to what it says now. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, hear this now, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, excuse now, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shineth in the prison. Now watch this now. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise. I'm speaking that to you right now. You might be in chains mentally. You might be in chains economically. You might be in chains in your marriage. But there's a word right now. You might feel bound. But here's the word of the Lord. Arise. Arise up quickly. And listen to what he says now. And his chains fell off from his hands. Hear me now. The chains fell off. Have you ever looked at Rome? If you ever go back in, the, in um, Roman times and you look at what their chains were like and how thick they were, I want you to hear this right now. They had prayed so much that an angel was sent to deliver Peter. For more Breakthrough Encounters, visit us on rmm.live.